0: Welcome to the Presto Music Podcast. One of my favourite discoveries from last year was the Hermes Experiment. Not, as you may think, an episode of my favourite science fiction serial, but instead one of the most unusual and creative contemporary music quartets I've encountered. Not only is their name out of the ordinary, their line up is too, featuring soprano, clarinet, harp, and double bass. They formed in 2014, but last year made their debut on disc with Here We Are. presented a microcosm of contemporary composition wrapped up in their own unique style. It was deemed to have been a successful experiment by both the Gramophone magazine and our own Presto Recordings of the Year, where I was delighted to see it make our top 10 list. Hot on the heels of Here We Are is their second album, Song, recently released on Delphian Records, and I'm delighted to be joined by the complete experiment to talk about the group, the album and their lives outside the laboratory. First of all, could you please introduce yourselves university challenge style by telling us who you are and your role within the Hermes experiment?
1: I'm Eloise and I'm the singer in the group and I'm also the co director of the group.
2: I'm Ollie and I play the clarinet.
1: And I'm Anne and I play the harp. I'm Marianne and I play
3: double bass with the Hermes experiment. I'm Hannah and I co direct the group with Eloise.
0: Can you briefly describe how your group formed and the origins behind your unusual name?
1: We formed in late 2013, after we all graduated from the same university. And so we all wanted to try out something new and unusual with an unusual combination of instruments. And uh, we thought it would work. And so (laughs) we uh, formed. (laughs) Um, Perhaps someone else could talk about the... The origin of
2: the name well it sounds very high mighty but it was actually that hermes was the the name of the um university webmail server (laughs) um because when we were brainstorming a name we all just sort of threw down words that we all had in common and um hermes was one of them but then um sort of upon further exploration. Um, Hermes is also the god of sort of transitions and boundaries and the messenger and defender of the art. So it does make sense beyond a sort of tenuous um, email <laughs> connection.
0: <laughs> What's the instrumentation, a bit of concern when it came to repertoire or well, much like Field of Dreams, you thought if we build it, they will come?
4: Um, no, I do think it was a concern because uh, we we actually, we did think about it. <laughs> and it's, it seems very, um, seems very random. Um, But when we set up the group, we very consciously thought about having all the elements of the musical structure. So, of course, we had the voice, which is primarily a melody instrument. And then we thought good to have another melody instrument as well, i.e. the clarinet and then harmony and bass. So um, it does seem very random, but there is some logic behind it.
0: And you've got an ancient instrument, the harp, a a baroque instrument, with double bass, a more modern instrument, the clarinet, and the voice as well. So it goes through history as well.
4: Yeah, I haven't thought of it (laughs) like that before.
0: (laughs) Well, the album contains not only a raft of new compositions but also several arrangements by yourselves, ranging from the baroque, Barbara Strozzi, to the contemporary. Was this an attempt to demonstrate the universality of song through time?
5: I think that was definitely part of the thinking for the concept of the album the previous album Here We Are was kind of a a showcase of what we'd had commission-wise so far so it was all obviously very new music but for this one we really wanted to explore kind of further back in the repertoire and show that we could build on history and show that this arc of song from you know medieval times up to the, the things we're commissioning nowadays. So yeah I think the original concept was we were we had composers kind of chronologically but obviously the the final order is a bit different, but there's still that thread within the album.
3: I think part of the uh, idea also was to show that songs can be very different, uh, not just in terms of kind of um, the I don't know historical era they come from or the style the, the musical style, but actually that people define songs differently and as uh, composers both and listeners also so that's why we have such a range um, you know with the Olivia Cheney is pretty much a pop song. Uh, of course, it's arranged for our forces, so it's, it sounds very different, um, but comparing that to, for example, it's Philip, Philip Venable's piece, which was actually commissioned for Oxford Leader, so it was also in its intention meant to be a song or a lead or something that would fit at least that festival. So it's, yeah, that was, I think, a big part of the thinking behind the concept.
0: Well, another strong presence is the presence of female voices, both in terms of the composers and the songs themselves. Another conscious choice?
3: I would say that's reflective of the fact that there are a lot of amazing female composers that we want to work with rather than us specifically saying we must commission lots of women. But actually, I mean, it's it's both, of course, but um, we just find that there's so many exciting female composers and we've, we've been working with so many. And anyway, I hate saying female composers, but of course this, this was your question. I mean, they're just composers, but yes, I mean, it's, I think it's reflective of the fact that, that there's just so many strong musicians out there um, and we love working with them and want to you know want their music also to have a longer life.
0: The most striking feature on both your albums is the astonishing eclecticism of musical styles represented. Again another deliberate choice or as you said before just a reflection on the state of contemporary composition.
2: It's probably a bit of both actually. Um, We obviously wanted to give people a nice variety of, of stuff to listen to and I think exploring the idea of song, one of the joys of going through this project was, yeah, discovering how each composer sort of reacted differently to, you know, writing for our group. So what we found is that we have, you know, now quite a large body of repertoire, which people have responded to uh, very differently. So it was just a nice sort of coincidence that we could um, make this, this album showing the journey of song, but also... The various different ways that people have, um, yeah, responded to what a song might mean to them,
0: and also the group's ability to cut across styles is due to this collection of instruments: harp, we associate with folk music, double bass, classical perhaps, and clarinet with jazz.
2: Yes, I I don't do that much jazz on this album, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I can go there sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe in the future, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice because um, the instruments sort of interact in very different ways um there's a wonderful piece on the album by Susan Lollivar um where um the harp actually kind of takes center stage and um and tunes her harp um very specifically to get um uh, a sort of authentic iranian uh scale mode that's used in that music and it gives a wonderful atmosphere and then their voice actually becomes part of the ensemble uh with the clarinet and the bass as a sort of a completely different entity. And so it's yeah, it's wonderful to see those different roles being explored.
0: And we can sample the Iranian sound world on Suzanne Lolivar's Ma Didam now. Do you play folk music
4: on your harp? Um, I definitely would never claim to be a folk harpist, no. So that's <laughs> a, a very, very different tradition. Um, so I'm, I play classical, classical pedal harp. Um, I love folk music a lot and I love listening to it. And I play arrangements of folk music, but I certainly would never claim to be a folk harpist, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a great balance between the simple and the complex. Is this, again, another deliberate decision or just a reflection of the styles, the contemporary styles that we encounter?
4: I think when you're putting any any kind of uh, something together, whether it's an album or a concert programme, you're always trying to find a healthy balance between lots of different factors. Um, and weirdly, you know, that often involves quite strong contrasts. I do think that contemporary music does have loads of wonderfully different strands at the moment. And I think that's really healthy and wonderful. And I think there are people many, many people who are actually trying to break down, you know, the boxing of things <laughs> and of genres within within contemporary music. And I do think that's a, a sign of, you know, of the times and of where we're at with contemporary music. So I think it's, there's lots of different reasons why, but I think it's partly just trying to create a balanced, you know, product. But I do think it's also a reflection of of a trend in contemporary music, which is, I think, very healthy and exciting.
0: And that went into the thought behind the programming of the, Uh, tracks on the album you wanted to be have a variety within that
4: yeah absolutely and as hannah said earlier to just show how diverse a genre song is and i mean we've obviously we've like only scratched the surface because song is is an art form that crosses every kind of musical divide you can imagine so um yeah broadness and variety was was key for sure
0: but at the same time every track has that unique hermes sound
4: yeah, we can't get away from that really <laughs> and
1: if i could add one thing about the, the Hermes sound as well i think what's particular maybe about this album is that we we do songs but we are for you know musicians um often not always but there is this tradition that um a classical singer often sings with a pianist or maybe another instrument but it's quite rare actually to have the opportunity to Perform songs with three musicians. And I think what we try to convey through the album is that actually, it's not just the singer who sings the song, but, you know, every musician is equal. And the song is formed by four musicians together, whether it's the harp, the clarinet, the double bass, or the voice that carries out the song element at a particular time in the piece. It's very much kind of Uh, equal and shared out and the combination of sounds as well that creates the sound and so this sort of Hermes sound that maybe you talk about and other people have spoken about is this I mean as far as we know it hasn't been done before this combination of four instruments Um, and so the way we blend and the way the instruments carry out the drama and the narrative in the song as well is, is very important to us. Um, so the, that's also why we, we wanted to arrange some existing songs as well to try and see how we can bring perhaps something new to them as well and, and bring out our Hermes sound to those ex- existing songs which are already amazing but uh, sort of perhaps break the, the sort of um, sing up plus instrument stereotype that sometimes happens in the classical music world.
0: And equality, that's something that's very important to the group.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: How have composers reacted when you advise them of your instrumentation? Are they actually quite pleased to be working with a somewhat unusual lineup rather than feel a burden of expectation if they're writing for a more traditional lineup, like say a string quartet?
5: I think on the whole they're they're pretty excited about it. Obviously it's a first for them usually composing for this lineup, as much as for us playing it. Very different to composing for a string quartet obviously, or even for a voice and other instruments, as Louise has just said, with the um, wanting us four to be more equal than traditionally. Um, but I think they can also find it quite daunting when they get into it, because you know there are things you have to negotiate within the combination of instruments, which we also find when we arrange as well. There are areas you've got to be a bit careful in or registers that you need to make sure you can cover, like, for example, the bass being so low and, and things like that. And also, obviously, writing for harp is... Is its own challenge which <laughs> composes you know relish or fear depending on who they are but I think on the whole yes it's really it's exciting for them and they they also with this group they tend to get more performances of their pieces because of our um relative lack of repertoire we, we tend to play pieces you know repeat performances of pieces that they may not get elsewhere
0: has it been sort of difficult booking the Hermes experiment? What do they play? Soprano, clarinet, double bass and harp. Goodness me, what on earth can you present you know, with that?
3: I mean, it was difficult at the beginning, yes. But I, it's no longer so tricky. <laughs> and I actually think um, the albums have really helped because, of course, then it's people can listen to the albums first and they kind of get an idea of what the sound world is like and what the music is like. And it's, I think it becomes a bit less intimidating. So in a way we've kind of seen a lot more engagement from maybe some let's say more traditional classical music institutions over the last year or so year and a half maybe because I think we've had more uh, music that they can listen to online or, or actually through the releases so but it was certainly a challenge before and we did a lot of work putting on concerts ourselves and inviting convincing people to come to listen to begin with and it uh but you know We've, we've been going for a while now, and
0: how many c- commissions have you now made? What's the number?
3: We're over sixty for sure, but I actually don't know what the real
0: number <laughs> is. You've lost count.
3: No idea, <laughs> because we also work so much with uh, with students. So it's actually the number is huge. But for uh, pieces we have commissioned for performances, I think it's sixty something by now. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe in generations' time, there'll be another group with the same lineup that want to play all these great pieces.
3: I mean, that'd be but- amazing.
0: Well, all four of you have made arrangements for the ensemble on the album. What are the challenges of arranging music for your unique ensemble?
2: Well, I think it's nice because I think we all have our own style of arranging. Um, And when you arrange anything, there's always a balance to strike, I think, between presenting what you want to say with something while also not losing like the essence of the actual piece that you're trying to arrange. So you don't want to sort of mutilate it and uh, you know uh, end up so that you <laughs> have something that's completely unrecognizable but you want to kind of you know put your stamp on it maybe or and some, and some arrangements we kind of just try and represent more kind of faithfully than others um depending on the style and maybe the event that it's being arranged for um but yeah there are certain things that you have to sort of be aware of obviously the ranges of the instruments and um things that might look easy on one like you know on a piano part but then you put it in the harp and it's actually impossible um just because of the way the harp you know people often equate the harp with the piano um I mean I'm sure Anne has a lot to say about that um but um and you know it's it's not the case and so we all actually I think um you know I don't want to speak for everyone but I, I I personally have learned a lot over the course of our group's existence of how to actually write for the instruments, you know, I look at arrangements I did a few years ago and each time, you know, we we rehearse them and we kind of workshop them ourselves. So we, we're always sort of learning about um, each other's instruments and each other's playing as well, because the nice thing is now is I, I feel like I'm not just arranging things for, uh, you know, soprano, harp, clarinet and bass. I'm arranging them for, you know, Eloise, Ollie, Anne and Marianne. You know, it's like you get to know people's style and their personality how they play and i think that also influences how you approach uh writing or arranging for for this group
0: i guess it is something you've had to learn on the fly there's no textbook for arranging music for this ensemble
2: yeah yeah exactly you try things and some things work some things don't work um but i feel like that's that's also you know life in general
0: Do you feel perhaps a greater license or freedom arranging music composers that have deceased or, or is there any difference
2: there? Um, yes. I mean, we, we've all, I think we've all arranged uh, music from a variety of composers of, you know, past and present. And um, yeah, there is the, the sort of, there is more, I think, of a collaborative, like consultation process with a living composer. Um, you can like send it to them and say what do you think um, but again it's it's that weird balance of you still want it to be your arrangement not you know so you want the composer's blessing but if they end up changing too many things then it's it's it sort of you, you know it's like whose arrangement actually is it um, and then yeah with the older with the older stuff um, it it, you, it can be a bit more freeing I guess um, and then you know you, we decide whether we want to sort of do a more sort of straight up transcription or do seem a bit more wacky.
0: For the arrangements, there's a chance to use extended techniques, perhaps without this feeling gimmicky. I speak specifically there with regards to the harp being used as a percussion instrument. I guess we don't have a percussion instrument. Well, we can use the percussion from the harp. Uh, this is perhaps making a virtue of a necessity in this regard.
4: I do think that using the instruments more broadly is, is also just, again, a symptom of the times and a really positive one. But I do think you're right in that, obviously there are instrumental roles that we don't have filled in our ensemble and one of the the really fab things we've discovered is the harp and double bass i should say um rhythm section which is, <laughs> uh, can be really really great um so i but i definitely think there are times we've chosen to use it when we probably didn't need to as well i think it's a, a creative choice as, as well <laughs> it
0: Can perhaps be overused if you're not too careful
4: um yeah, I mean, as with any you know, if you use this the same chords too many times, it gets boring as well. So I think it's just an yet another musical resource that you have to you have to treat really carefully. And if it's well integrated and it's being used for a reason, then I think it's it, it, it should work.
0: Would any of you like to say which was the trickiest arrangement?
2: Um I think we all find our own things tricky. We all have our own little hang-ups.
1: I think what's really nice on the album is actually they're all quite different um partly because of the original piece that was arranged, but partly also because as Ollie said, we all have our own styles and they all have challenges but um in their own ways, but they're all they're all very distinctive.
4: I think also we we choose we always discuss who's gonna do each one. So that there are definitely ones that I would have, you know, found much harder to arrange than others. Um, but we we tend to sort of say, I'd like to do that one. And so that means you've already probably got some ideas and sort of know how you might go about it. And I think that really helps as well, um, because no one's ever, I don't think, put in a position where they're like, oh, gosh, I've got to arrange this and I do not know where to start. Um, so, again, because we can all do it, there's, it's normally possible to find at least one person who who already has an idea of where to start.
0: Well, Marianne, undoubtedly one of the most virtuosic performances on the album is your performance on Ayana Witter Johnson's "Draw the Line." What are the challenges behind performing this piece?
5: It's it's definitely challenging um, in the the sort of bow choreography department. It meant learning an entire new bow technique, um, the bow chop, which um, Ayana actually uses in her own performing on the cello and singing as she does so well. So, I had to learn how to do this percussive effect. It's basically a sort of a sharp crunch sound with the bow, where it's like a, like a drop on the string that produces this percussive effect. Again, another use extended technique for the bass and the compensating for the, the, the lack of percussion. But it works so well in her piece. And there's also, um, she combines that with ricochet strokes with left hand pits, um, and it's all happening within seconds. You know, it's all very close together. So just getting your, your brain around that was the initial challenge.
0: And let's hear Marianne's performance on Draw the Line. and you've been leading the Hermes Experiments Virtual Song Composition. Can you explain the project and the role that musicians have in commissioning new music, both by composition students and professional composers?
4: Um, yeah, so this was our um, educational um, project that we ran alongside our album. So it was called the Song Virtual Composition Project, so or VCP. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so alongside the album, we wanted to give um state school students the opportunity to to create music with us basically Uh, and as we mentioned before song is such a wonderfully accessible and diverse genre that it seemed a really a good theme to do this project with uh so we worked with students from four different schools and it was all all took place online and so it was very much designed for the the pandemic times And they submitted some wonderful uh, songs to us and then we gave them feedback and then they resubmitted. And then as the final product, we created an online song gallery, which is still up online. If you just go to YouTube and type in Hermes Experiment online song gallery, or you can go to our website and access it from there. They're all still there, these amazing songs. And the really nice parallel with the album was... incredible range of styles that we received um, from these fantastic students. To answer your question about musicians' role in in commissioning music, I think every musician has a duty to at least investigate um, the music of their time. (laughs) Obviously, some people really love playing contemporary music and some people don't specialise in it, and that's absolutely fine. But I think musicians do have a role to play for sure in commissioning. Obviously, sometimes it happens through lots of different systems in the music world but it's a really important thing to do and and it also depends on you know what exact role we we're in because in our virtual composition project we were of course musicians but we we're also educators in that context and so for us it was about commissioning new music from a young generation of course um, but it was also about offering an educational opportunity and you Know music can do that, it can sort of feed through in lots
0: of different ways,
4: and um, so I hope that those, sort of makes sense.
0: <laughs> and those young composers completely aren't phased for writing for such an unusual combination, they don't even think twice.
4: Well, I think that was one of the wonderful things is that when you work with young musicians, they often don't have the stereotypes that we have in you know already ingrained
0: preconceived ideas about musical form, etc. etc.
4: Yeah. There were so many wonderful ideas and, you know, so many textures that came through that we'd never thought of before, purely probably because, you know, they're thinking from a a totally new perspective, which was really wonderful. Um, So no, they weren't phased and they submitted some absolutely fantastic songs. So it was great.
0: (laughs) And Anne says you can listen to those songs on Hermes Experience YouTube channel. Now, Oliver, you featured on two discs, which made Presto's top 10 last year. Here we are, and on the performance of Mozart's Grand Partita with Mark Simpson, Is it especially important for you that you play both contemporary and classical
2: music? Yes, yeah, it was a fun year. I feel very lucky to have actually been part of both projects, you know, quite different in some ways, but actually more similar than you might think. I always think about this sort of distinction between sort of classical and contemporary. And um, I don't like thinking of the two styles as kind of, you know, diametrically opposed. Um, I do think that if you're, Passionate about music, that will come across in kind of whatever style you choose to, you know, inhabit. You know, there there were things about recording Mozart that you know were very contemporary. The other things you can find in Mozart that are very contemporary. And there are things on our on our album that are very classical, actually, and and the way that you have to phrase or think about voicing or think about um, sound quality they're all things that apply, I think, to anything that you, you know, that, any style of music. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy playing all sorts of different things um, and I, I, I try and sort of take as much as I can from each different um, style, but I do think that music kind of most genres share more things than, than they don't. <laughs> Once you scratch kind of below the surface of like the actual sounds. Um, and, and it's I, I, I got one of my personally speaking one of my hopes for, for our albums and for our work is to kind of show people that um you know the work the work that we do in the music we make it can you, you can actually hear it and enjoy it without needing to know lots of things which I think is still a bit of baggage that contemporary music has and um, I was thinking actually earlier when, when when Hannah was talking about the early days having a hard sell you know contemporary music contemporary classical music still has this um uh, kind of association I think oh contemporary must mean uh, inaccessible oh. yeah or difficult or intellectual or challenging and it can be challenging it can be it can be interesting um but it's not um you know it's not exclusionary um much in the same way that you know it's just in how you play it and how you present it you know I've seen performances of of, um, the other night actually I saw a performance of a Bach double concerto for oboe and violin that was just totally electrifying and and really you know and because it was played by people who were totally brilliant and you know were really giving everything and I've seen performances of Bach that kind of made me want to fall asleep (laughs) and and it's the same thing for contemporary music I think we've all we can all think of experiences where we've had you know, we've we've watched things that have left us totally like energized and and passionate and other things that don't leave us. And I think it's more in the in the presentation and the and the approach. And I think that's what we try and do as a group. You know, we 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 talk to the audience, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> um, you know, we take take the work very seriously, obviously. But um
0: try to take the audience with you on the journey.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, the, without an audience, it's like, well, why, why are you making music? Because music's there.
0: Well, Eloise, one of the more avant-garde pieces on the album is Kerry Andrews' Fruit Songs, in which I gather the score has some rather strange demands on your vocal technique.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, I get to to fake being drunk, um, which, is, which is always quite actually quite relaxing, especially when we perform. <laughs> Whenever I get to that song that is in Cherry, where the, there's a, a moment I have to pretend being a, a fat policeman and then a drunk person and fainting. And um, that's always a moment where I could actually breathe <laughs> and um, and just go for it. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, Anne has arranged those fruit songs. Um, so obviously, um, in the original songs, there were woody I mean the extended techniques were very much there in the vocal part um, but what's really fun actually is, is Anne has arranged those songs for Hermes and so actually has also added some kind of similar extended techniques in the instruments as well in particular I mean actually in all the instruments there's some really really fun sounds and and so it's really fun to kind of bounce off those as well so it's not just the vocalist's who does wacky things but actually everyone has their moment um and and that's really that's really fun and um yes i i love it
0: we can have a quick excerpt of eloise's impersonations now here's cherry from kerry andrews fruit songs
1: yoshino (laughs)
0: Oh, oh, oh. composer yourself Eloise but none of your albums have yet featured any one of your own compositions
1: no coming soon coming out next June with uh, quite a few of my compositions on it
0: and your performance of fruit songs there that does tie into your work outside the group
1: yes I think I guess especially the the blackberry and uh, cherry in the fruit songs they're maybe the most sort of uh, theatrical ones that uses that use not only voiced sounds but kind of wacky sounds and theatrical gestures um, which is something I love to do in, in my performances and in the sort of music I write, especially the vocal music I write, it often has a sort of theatrical element that doesn't only involve singing beautifully.
0: Well aside from that, what are your future plans?
1: lots of things coming up, (laughs) probably not allowed to reveal everything. But if you keep an eye on our, you know, all the socials, (laughs) then you'll be uh, for sure kept updated. Um, Quite a a few exciting plans for next year and and the following year as well, with some really exciting uh, composers and, and quite big collaborations in the pipeline. And I guess also we'll be performing all of those beautiful songs live more and more. So we've already had the chance to do so a little bit uh, in the last couple of months. But we have quite a few sort of uh, summer festivals booked in for for next year, where I think we'll, we'll be able to showcase more of those uh, songs that feature on the album. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm very excited for what comes next. I think what's really fun with Hermes is that we you know, anything is possible and um, if we decide to do something then we can do it, you know, providing that then we, we put the work in and sort out all the administration side and the funding but, you know, yeah, we can come up with the projects we want to do and then, um, and then we do them so um, I'm super excited for all those upcoming projects and the ones we haven't thought of yet but might pop up in our minds over the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, I think as a group, um, we just want to keep keep on discovering new things uh making making music and and you know on an individual level as well uh it's much the same we i think we we all bring things from the other strands of work that we do to hermes and you know it then reflects back out to the work that we do elsewhere so i think it's a nice sort of symbiotic get up that we've got going which i really enjoy
4: I think one of my my hopes for Hermes as well in the future is to again run um the song the song virtual composition project was our first self run large scale sort of educational project um, and having done that um, and you know learned all the lessons from that and and um, there 's still so much more to learn um definitely hope that we can we can you know run more similar and and different education and community projects in the future as well that 's definitely a hope I have. Um, for
5: Yes, I definitely agree with Anne that um, as we're slightly further on in the group's career, if I can call it that, <laughs> um, than we were when we started, I think we're now at the position where um, kind of mentoring and education things are going to be more part of our work, which, I, which we were really excited about.
0: Well, I look forward to continuing to seeing the results of your unusual experiments, both within the group and without song and your debut album here we are of course available from presto classical thanks to all five of you thank you thank you (laughs) thanks
5: yeah thanks a lot
0: thanks to my producer matt groom and thanks to you for listening